0: True Multifamily is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network.
2: This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of asset manager. That's a person who has a responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome back to another episode of True Multifamily. I'm your host, Justin Fraser. Today, I am very honored, very excited to have Jeff Holz here. Jeff is uh, the man behind old-fashioned real estate, and that is a play on, of course, the old-fashioned drink, one of my new favorite bourbon drinks. Jeff has turned me on to it and uh, really enjoying it. I had the honor of being on Jeff's, uh, what, second live show, Jeff, second video second, show?
0: Second, second guest show. Yeah. Yes. We, we, and, and we did, so we don't usually have guests, as, as you know. Yeah. Uh, we have been lately because of coronavirus. We've been doing Zoom shows. Uh, but before that, we never had guests. We just had, uh, you and Matt on one time and that was amazing. And then we had one other guest before. So, right. So definitely, uh,
2: if you're listening to this, normally I do a promotion at the end, but go check out, pause the show, go to YouTube, check out old fashioned real estate on YouTube and subscribe. Because Jeff needs some more subscribers. So make sure that you're no, I appreciate to that. that. Show. Yeah, do
0: that. But, you know, definitely watch the rest of this show. First. Yeah, they'll come
2: back. They'll come, yeah. They're going to go Perfect. subscribe you're and gonna then they're going to come back. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we'll
0: just give them a second. That, All right, they're good. Okay, they're back.
2: <laughs> good call. Uh, so, so, Jeff, um, you know, we've known each other, actually, really just met at the Bigger Pockets Conference. So it, it hasn't even been a year yet. Um, but it's been great getting to know you. I'm loving the. Uh, community that you've put together with Jillian called Last Life Ever. Before we get into the real estate stuff, um, can you, well, give us a little bit of a background about you and talk about Last Life Ever and, and what's going on with that. Sure.
0: So listen, I, I, I'm an attorney by trade, uh, bankruptcy attorney. Um, I did that for about five or six years up in Michigan. I got sick with leukemia, uh, ended up driving my business into the ground because of not being able to work. When you have a small law firm, it was terrible. Uh, and then end up filing personal bankruptcy in 2010. So that's kind of like my background. Very exciting stuff. That's uh. not where it ends, though. <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, I went a little bit beyond that. So over the next seven years, I felt like I was very motivated. I thought I was going to die. So I got really motivated to make um, some kind of residual income so that my wife and family would be supported. Uh, and so that's when I got into real estate and I really got serious about it. And by 2017, I had enough income from my real estate, primarily single families, small multis, like two, three unit deals, uh, to be able to quit my job. So I haven't, I mean, living full time real estate since 2017 now. Uh, so three years. It's, it's kind of amazing, actually, when you think about it. And, and it, it happened so fast, right? I went from bankrupt to retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that I'm really retired, because I'm busier now than I've ever been. But uh, I went from bankrupt to retired in seven years. And I and you know, that's why I love real estate. That's actually why I started old fashioned real estate to help other people um, get an opportunity to, you know, change their life and, and get the benefit of, of being able to have a really extraordinary life. And then Jillian and I, uh, Jillian was my first guest on the Old Fashioned Real Estate Show. Uh, Jillian Sidoti. she's a securities attorney. She does uh, syndication work and stuff like that for some, some pretty big name uh, folks. And uh, I invited her onto my show. Uh, I was telling her about how I wanted to... Um, expand beyond just real estate that I wanted to be able to help people that maybe didn't want to be involved in real estate, but still wanted to figure out how to live a very good version of their life. I mean, I travel a lot. I do a lot of really fun things. I do a lot of charity work and I wanted to help people, you know, sort of have a full, more full life. Um, And so we started a thing called Last Life Ever and it's, it's not a real estate group, but it's a group for people that have a certain level of success but feel like there's something more that they should be working on. Um, we, got, we did that. We started that um, this year, actually, is really when we started it. So uh, we're four or five months into this experiment. We have a podcast that we started on March 16, the first day of the shutdown. There you go. Um, we were planning it for a few months before that, but it just happened to work out that way. Um, and we do that in our Facebook group. So we have about a thousand or so people in our Facebook group and it's growing every day. Uh, and then we have the podcast. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. We interview some pretty amazing people uh, about what they're doing with their life and how they're, uh, you know, doing extraordinary things. So,
2: Well, it's really inspiring. Um, I, I popped into a happy hour or two that you guys were having and definitely enjoy it. Lo- love seeing the posts and the interviews that you guys are doing. And um, yeah, it's, it is not about real estate. It happens to have a lot of I would say real estate investors who participate, but that's not really the subject of it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a function of the, you know, the personal networks of Jillian and I, I mean, we are growing now. Most of the people that are signing up are not real estate people, but when we first started, you know, I know a lot of real estate people. Jillian knows a lot of real estate people. So hence there's a lot of real estate people there. Uh, And, you know, we don't have anything against real estate. It's not not about real estate. It's just not about it.
2: Right. I got it. Uh, And so where can we join the last life era community?
0: Uh, Well, the easiest thing is just to follow us on Facebook, go to our Facebook page, or even better yet, join that group um, and just search Last Life Ever and two things will come up. One is a page, one's a group, hit like on the page, and then submit, join the private group. And then uh, you just have to answer two questions and they're like really easy. You just say yes twice. There you um, go. Wait, I gave away the secret <laughs> answers. Uh, but the questions are like, you know, do you promise to be positive and uplifting, or something yeah. like that? It's yeah. not not difficult. And if you don't right. want to do that, it's not the right group for you because it's right. really about encouraging people
2: cool well I, I love that and and I encourage everyone listening to go check that out um, so let let 's move into real estate and and I want to talk about um, what you 're here to talk about, which is your latest acquisition that you closed on during this time of coronavirus and so so let 's set it up um, How big is it? Where did you find it? when did you find it? And when did you close on it? Okay, so this is
0: going to be kind of surprising. So it's uh, smaller than most of the deals we do right now. It's a 16 unit. It's in North Georgia, um, near Chattanooga. So it's like, you know, 20 minutes from Chattanooga. Because Chattanooga sits right on the Georgia state line. It's Tennessee, but right on the border. Um, and, uh, you know, we actually had the thing under contract since summer, right? It's so a okay. really good deal. We got it for uh, around $700,000. Um, and we think stabilized, you know, it's worth A million one, million two, something in that range, you know, so there's a lot of upside. Uh, The previous owner had had it in the family for about, well, since it was constructed like 35 years ago. Um, And it had, you know, it's tired, needs some work. Um, You know, parking lots are bad. It's, um, It's two stories, but with external entrances. So it's got like, you know like essentially like wooden decks that kind of have staircases to go up and they're, they're in not great shape. I mean, they're safe, but they're, they're ugly. Right. You yeah. know, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's painted this like disgusting, like green color. I mean, the whole thing is just it's really bad. It looks like puke. I mean, literally looks terrible, but um, but the bones are solid and it's got um, you know, some really big one bedrooms and then some reasonably sized two bedrooms and I have other property in the area so I knew the rents were a couple hundred dollars a month light on on the units. So I know there's tons of upside in it Um, and we knew that we were going to have to turn it, right? We knew there's going to be a lot of changes but the owner who's not local, um, he moved away years ago, uh, just dragged out the process, right? And we ran into problem after problem after problem closing, title issues, um, found out that there had been a meth lab in one of the units uh, a decade ago. It, it was completely reasonable now, but the their state requirements to make sure it's certified that that's been cleaned up, you know, all this stuff, right? So there's just tons of things that came up. It was like one thing after another that came up, but we still love the deal so much. So I bought it with my partner from the old fashioned real estate show, uh, Brian, and, and we loved it so much because we had set up this deal that's sort of like um it's almost like a modified syndication. We have um, two other investors that put up all of the money and they're active, but not, as active as us right they didn't find the deal they're they're participating in decisions stuff but they put up the money they loan the money to our company right and then the company buys it and they own a smaller piece of it uh, and they get some interest on their their money so so we loved it because it's like you know we're gonna get this huge upside in equity we can refinance in a year or two pay those guys back and brian and i are each gonna get you know like 40 percent of this deal with none of our own money and so we were like this is gonna be amazing you know it's A few thousand dollars a month cash flow each for, you know, nothing invested. Um, So we didn't want to walk away from it in spite of all the troubles getting to closing. We finally got scheduled to where we could close uh, the first week of February. And um, the problem with that was that I was gone to Africa for the month of February. So we said, no problem. The owner was actually pretty cool. And he said, listen, you guys are going to do this. I know we've gotten through all this stuff. Let's just close it when you get back from Africa. So I came back from Africa, like the first week of March, uh, and we scheduled to close at the beginning of the next week, which was about March 15th. Um, the world shut down about March 15th, <laughs> yeah, you know, March, yeah. March 12th. The, the whole world changed. Um, and so that was on a Friday. So Monday is when we were going to close. And remember walking into the closing, I mean, we still were, like, we actually were physically present at closing. Now I think they're doing, like, you know, remote closings or whatever. But this is so early in the crisis that no one even knew how to handle it. We walked in, and I said to Brian on the way, and I said, "Uh, are we sure we want to do this? Like, we don't even know what's going on, right? Right. But we just kept falling back on, hey, it's such a good deal. Uh, We have to move forward with it. We've gotten all this time and energy into it. Uh, you know, honestly, if it had been two weeks later, we might not have closed it. Like we We might've not have been able to, well, yeah, we might not have been able to, or we might've just said, Hey, you know, we don't, we just, we, we are just going to tell the the owner, Hey, listen, uh, we're going to wait three months. I mean, you've waited six already. Like what's another three. right? Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm glad we did. I mean, there's been some challenges, since then but uh, things still cash flowing actually even with the lower rent and and uh, we've we've been able to renovate one unit because one of the units went vacant right after we bought it which is actually really beneficial for us because uh you can't evict people right now right so like right. we can't non-renew people's leases even like i mean we can but if we non-renew them they can just stay so <laughs> right
2: and not pay right? yeah i mean so yeah.
0: and we have a couple people that you know, anytime you, and you know this cause you've taken over property from other people before, but I, my experience is anytime, especially with, um, properties that are not managed quite as efficiently as what we would like to do. Um, once you step in and start changing policies and stuff, you get people that are just, you know, they're not going to pay you and they're going to be a pain and you're going to have to go through an eviction with them. Yeah, I, I almost, I very rarely end up evicting, like on properties that I'm personally involved in on the property. Some of the stuff, pe- we use big management companies, a little different. But on stuff I'm personally involved with, I very rarely have to do evictions on tenants that I screened myself, right? right. But yeah. um, when I take over a property, it seems like there's always a handful that that just you have to get rid of them. And unfortunately, those people aren't paying now and we have to get rid of them, but that's not an option. So right. we're, we're trying different things, you know, to encourage them to leave.
2: Um, well, I want to hear all about that for sure. But so let's just, just pause real quick. So you, you know, long time to get this thing to closing. You happen to close it like the day things were, were falling apart. Um, did you get a loan on this or you got your partners paid cash? We did. Yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a really, so uh, the bank that, so we got this deal that f- was referred to us by the banker that had the current loan on the property. So, got it she, she told us about this guy that was interested in selling that was out of state and wanted to, wanted to deal with it. So we, we, we met with him, we put the deal together, you know, no agents or anything involved. Um, And part of the deal was, you know, the bank was going to finance it for us. Like they wanted to help this guy out. He was a longtime customer of theirs and they trusted us because obviously they brought it to us because they knew we could close these kinds of deals. And so they gave us pretty attractive terms Um, and, um, yeah, so 15% down, they financed a chunk for construction as well that they release as we do it. Um, and so really, and 15% of that too. So really the amount of money we actually needed to come to the table with the clothes was, you know, about $120,000. Um, and, uh, and they, they financed 140 or something in construction. So, so actually, you know, as we spend, money, like we just get that money right back. So yep. we renovate, you yep. know, we get, we, we send the invoices over to the bank and then they release that money back to us.
2: Yeah. We do the same yeah. on our larger properties. Um, I wish the draw process was that easy, but yeah, yeah well, I, this I is the advantage <laughs> of the
0: regional banks Yes, absolutely. With, with our larger stuff. Yeah. It's a lot more complicated yeah. than
2: that. So yeah. Uh, great. So, uh, I love it. So now you've closed on this, um, obviously like we were all concerned the end of March, like, what is April going to bring as far as rent payments? Um, pro- that combined with property takeover, I, you know, we've actually had a few episodes on property takeover on the, on this podcast. Um, and there's always like this level of confusion and, and craziness where you don't even know, like, are all these units that are occupied are they still occupied Are those tenants going to pay the next months of rent? Is there, are there leaks that I don't know about? Like all this stuff that goes into, you know, understanding what you have, because even though you've done your property diligence um, there's always a gap between your DD ending and closing and you never know exactly what, what yeah. And,
0: on this particular property, a lot of our due diligence was done, you know, three, four, five months previous. So there right. was a, there's a bigger gap than usual. Um, you no, know, we updated um, periodically through that time, but you don't always like. And we did walk final walkthroughs, but we didn't do. I mean, but the the actual inspections and stuff were done six months almost in advance. Of right. Closing. Um, so I want to talk
2: then about that. Those maybe those two weeks then from closing to the beginning of April, where you're like, there's this uncertainty and who's going to pay and what that's going to look like. How did you adjust your business plan, you know, from pre-coronavirus when you, when you put everything together to now there's all this uncertainty, how do you even come up with a plan to move forward?
0: Well, so you know, we, we manage other properties in the area, and we decided that the best strategy would be to manage it the same way that we manage our other properties in the area. So Brian has a property management company, so he's more active in the day to day management of these properties. So what we did is we went and I mean we posted a notice on the door like we normally would when we when we turn over. You know, here's the contact information for the management company. Here's how you do you know maintenance requests and stuff like that. Predictably, we got a whole bunch of them. You know, that seems to always Happened right yep. away, and some people, you know, claiming they didn't know how to pay their rent, and there was um, a sort of quasi on-site manager. Um, she was getting like half a rent discount uh, for collecting rents from the other people, and then yeah. she would take the money and deposit it into the previous owner's account. She was. Um, challenging to deal with. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but, but I mean, it's worked itself up. We haven't really haven't had to do too many crazy adjustments. And um, we still have a few tenants that we're dealing with, you know, even two months down the road that, that, uh, you know, we're, we're actively pursuing and saying, Hey, listen, you, you know, you got to pay something or you got to leave. These are your options. Right. But uh, you know, in spite of all that, it's worked out pretty well. We've collected most of the rents. Okay. Um, I don't know how it has been in your portfolio, but for us, um, excluding this new purchase, right? We've collected in, in, you know, in April and May, most of our rent, like, I mean, this a similar level. In fact, in, in May, we're actually, uh, I think, ahead of where we normally are at this time of the month. Um, we,
2: we are seeing um, an uptick in May. We're about 5% better than we were in April across our portfolio here in May. Um, and But overall, slightly down. So maybe we ended, eight, we ended April, like maybe 85%. Now we offered some discounts and some like incentives for tenants to pay early and sure. that's being factored in. But, um, all in all, you know, there was a period of time where, where, um, people were talking about rent strikes and, you know, mass groups of, of tenants not paying. And, you know, we, we were initially thinking, well, what if half the tenants don't pay? And so I think a, yeah. lot, of, a lot of landlords got really scared really fast here. Um, yeah, and it and seems like that's not panning out.
0: Quite. Yeah. So I've thought about that a lot. I, I mean, uh, just like everyone, I was worried about that in the middle of March. Right. Yeah. Uh, You know, when people, especially towards the end of March, the first week of April uh, you know, start thinking about that, like all the landlords were. Um, But I, I kind of figure, you know, like, March, most people got, they worked most of the month, they got their last check, you know, right around the time rent was due. And they didn't have any money to spend. I mean, they didn't, there's nowhere to spend money, right? So you get paid, and you have utility bills and whatever, but it's not like you're going shopping, you're not going to the movies, you're not going out to the bars. And so I felt like, you know, I was pretty confident that April rents would come in and they did. Um, Then the stimulus happened. So I felt pretty confident about May rents and those have come in. Um, I'm actually like more worried about June than I was about April or May in a lot of ways, um, because I think, you know, not everywhere is open back up. Right. And so there's a lot of people still unemployed. Um, now, I'm not that worried even about that because a lot of those people uh, have are collecting really healthy unemployment benefits right now because there's a lot of stimulus there. Yeah. Um, so the real issue is going you know, to be if, you know, these, if we're still in this situation, they don't extend some of these programs two or three months down the road, um, in which we'll have all kinds of problems then. Um, and I don't know how we prepare for that. Like, I don't right. think you really can prepare for that. I mean, other right. than, you know, don't waste money right now as a landlord and just kind of, you know, make sure you have your... Your property is maintained in a way that people want to stay, and they're going to reward you, and they want to pay you, um, because that's it's about all you can do. is so provide the best possible service, and hope that people pay, give you the money that that they that they're entitled that you're entitled to.
2: Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely right. Um, you know, we are focusing on spending really only on um, expenses that'll get us more. Revenue, so we're which means unit turns, really. So, so we're really only spending on that. We're not like one of our projects, we have a big plan for like the a great dog park and and some you know fence repairs, and all that's all on hold right now. Like that, that'll that be nice to have, but we've got to preserve some cash just in case. Um, and so we're going to hold on to that. But, um, you know, I love your point about taking this property and and you know improving it and and providing you're really providing a service to your Tenants, um, so that they do feel at home and they do feel like you know they, they want to pay and, and live there and stay because obviously tenant retention is, is really huge in our business. Um, so, let's then talk about like April into May. Now, we're three weeks into May when we're recording this. Um, what have you been able to go to the property? Have you been able to? do like how I know you said it's only 20 minutes from you right so it's it's pretty close yeah it's close um so so but how is it different now than it had been and and what are you you doing to to manage this property yeah so
0: I mean listen um we haven't done some of the the big external stuff that we need to do um partly because like a lot of like even getting contractors to come out and give you quotes wasn't possible until very recently in this area now it's in Georgia and Georgia opened back up a few weeks ago so like just today I reviewed like a quote for like redoing the parking lot the parking lot's really bad there's you know huge potholes and like bumps and like I mean it needs to be destroyed and rebuilt from scratch right um so then it's in our budget to do that and actually the quote came back lower you know the the one I got today came back lower than what I expected which is great yeah um and I think that's a little bit a function of uh some people haven't had work for a while and they want to get to work um, so there may be some opportunities to make some of the capital improvements now at a, mm-hmm. at a sort of discount to market. Um, and in this case, we were going to go ahead and go forward with, with, you know, one of these contractors for that because we get the money back from the bank anyway, and frankly, we're already paying interest on the money that we don't have from the bank. So there's, right. there's a powerful incentive to do it. It doesn't actually eat up any of our our capital, right? So, um, so we'll move forward with that. But I agree with you. Like, I have another property that that I was getting quotes for for a parking lot um, resurfacing, and I'm just. Yeah. I just, you know, it's not that bad. So it's just like, you know, it needs to be done. <laughs> it's probably going to be done in the next year or two, but a year from now, maybe is what I'm going to do it instead of now once I know what's going on. So, right, right. But yeah, we've made improvements. Um, as far as like, you know, we fixed the easy stuff. There's not a lot of common areas. Like there's really no common area in this property. So like, um, other than like, um, you know, making sure that like the trash is being emptied correctly. So there was a dumpster there and the guy was on like some kind of discounted plan. So it was constantly overflowing. So, you know, we've ramped that up so that they don't have to like wait until the dumpster's empty to throw their trash away, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but we haven't had a chance to do a lot of the improvements that we have planned because we just haven't had an option to do them.
2: Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, uh, Tenants are mostly paying, which is great. Um, you said you had one uh, uh, eviction or, or sorry, not, it wasn't eviction, but one of the tenants left?
0: Yeah, they actually left the day before it closed, which okay. worked out well for us because we didn't have to deal with it. And um, but again, we, we weren't even really able to get a contractor in there until um, the last few weeks. So we had one down unit for about a month or so, uh, longer than we normally would. Um, but it's turned out really nice. It's good. It's um, on the market now as of yesterday. So uh, hopefully that'll get rented up really quick because even though we've been cash flow we haven't been cash very much. Um and you know getting one I mean this is a, this this a one bedroom seven hundred fifty eight hundred dollar rent, something like that. Uh so it's not like a huge amount of money but seven hundred extra dollars with no real extra cost or very little extra cost is, is significant. So absolutely especially really on a sixteen is. unit deal, um, you know that's a huge impact on the NOI. So Yeah. Well, if it's
2: any indication, we've been seeing actually higher occupancy rates. We've been seeing a lot of traffic. Lots of people are still moving right now.
0: Um, It's surprising, but yeah, we've seen that too on our other properties. Um, We have almost, I think we only have like across about 300 units. I think we only have like three vacancies, which is ridiculous. Right. I mean, it's insanity, right? Like, Yeah, it's really, really small. So yeah. Um, I wish I could say the same about my personal duplexes because I've been having some struggles with those. I need to get someone else to manage them. I've learned go. that I'm not a good property manager. I need I can ask that manage, but I can't be a property manager. That's not my role. So.
2: Yeah. I, I could not agree more and, and I get it. And, you know, I, yeah, having a strong property manager is key, I think, to a successful investment business. So, um, great. So then, so now like, how are you thinking about the future for this property? When, you know, do you, I know you don't have many vacancies, so it's not like you can bring in and spend a lot of construction dollars right now, but um, are you, what are your plans for the next two or three months here?
0: Yeah. Well, listen, we have um, one person that just notified us they're moving out. So we'll renovate their unit as just they move out at the end of this month. Um, and uh, you know, we're just going to return them as soon as we can. So once, like, the few people that aren't paying that are still there, like, they're in the queue. As soon as the courts open up, they're going to be served. Uh, and then, then we'll have more work to do. But for the next month or two, I mean, it's just like, we're not, I mean, we have to wait until we can do stuff. We're going to do that parking lot repair. Um, uh, we'll do some exterior work because we're going to do some painting, some staining, stuff like that. But mm. um, it's mostly going to do exterior stuff until we, uh, until we can turn the units. So
2: Love it. That's uh, that's uh, really great. Um, I hope you'll come back and share. You know, maybe six months from now, how that property is doing. Yeah, and, sure, I'd and, love to uh, do it. You know, just get an update uh, because we love following the the details uh, on this show, and and uh, that's that's been really helpful here. Um, I, I would say all in all, man. You know, you you pulled out a win here the, things could have gone really, really sideways closing when you closed. And, and it sounds like things are pretty smooth yeah.
0: I mean, we were very confident in the numbers, which helped if it had been a questionable deal. I don't think we would have closed. We probably, have, we had a small amount of earnest money down, like I think $5,000 or something. Mm-hmm. I might've walked from it. Honestly, if I didn't have any other option, if it wasn't a really, really solid deal, like I'm very confident in the, the long-term prospects and people have to live somewhere and yeah. in this particular property, and in place where, you know, there's not a lot of other apartments around there. So unless the people that, and these are working people that, you know, they work in the area, they're either going to have to commute a lot further or they're going to have to like rent a house or buy a house. And, and I think the tenants that we have, they're, they're unlikely to, to be making that move in the next, you know, few years. So I think it's going to work out really well for us. Great. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for
2: you. And, uh, you know, keep, keep showing us the videos on your Instagram and, and Facebook and all that. Cause we want to yeah. see, see you on the ground and, and, and follow the whole progress. So, uh, thank you, Jeff, for coming on true multifamily and guys. If you like this episode, please find Jeff at old fashioned real estate on YouTube, check him out at the Facebook group last life ever. Um, and, uh, please like subscribe, share this, this episode. And, uh, we'd love to see you see you again. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Check out our website at truemultifamily.show. And if you have an amazing story to tell, share it on our Facebook community and you might just be the next guest on the show. We're also on all other social networks. Just search True Multifamily. I'm really, really proud to have this show produced by our company, On Air Brands. Check us out at onairbrands.com. We also have an incredible, unique podcasting event that we would love for you to be a part of. Check that out at podmax.co.